Hello, is this Patrick? No, this is Patrick. You're listening to The Feed. Hello and welcome to the International Women's Day edition of The Feed. Yay! My name is Coop and I'm joined by Bobby. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. And this week's episode of The Feed is brought to you by Vinyl for Breakfast. Start your day off right Tuesday mornings at 7, only on enter92.com. So, I'm a guy, and when it comes to International Women's Day, I don't seem to have the best perspective, obviously. Fair enough. So that's why we have you on the show here with me, Bobby. Um, Give me a breakdown. Why do we have International Women's Day? Well, I actually did a little bit of research on that. So, it's really interesting. The first Women's Day happened in 1918 in Russia after women gained suffrage in 1917. So, we're actually almost looking at like a centennial for Women's Day. Um, But it officially became recognized by the UN in 1975. And pretty much Women's Day celebrates um, women for all that they accomplish. It highlights the progress that women and men both have made towards, you know, feminine equality in uh, society. But it also points out the improvements and shortcomings that, uh, that we face that um, are going to still have to be made for true equality. So in general, Women's Day is about celebrating women in all their strength and glory and giving them the international support and recognition um, so that they can be the best they can be. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of recognition, uh, we had Caitlin, who is joining us now, who had the opportunity to speak with a woman at Nate who Ooh. broke ground in a certain industry that is usually dominated by men. Very Yes, cool. I did. And today is an important day in history. Women have come a long way. Since women got the right to vote in 1916, women have come a long way. Some more recent milestones, like in 2009, Eleanor Ostrom won a Nobel Prize in economics. Danica Patrick dominated in 2013, being the first female to lead the Daytona 500. And Cecile Buckmere became Nate's first female instructor in the auto body program. Back then, it was you actually went into shop to apply. So I got face-to-face with a lot of managers who told me no to my face. It was really disheartening. Um, I felt like I wasn't sure why I wasn't allowed to go into a shop or why I was having so much difficulty when, you know, auto body is a pretty steady trade and, you know, everybody crashes their car. I was, I was really confused, but I, I really, I still wanted to learn how to do it. So I knew that. There's plenty of shops, and somebody's got to give me a chance. Um, If if it took 50, I would have gone to 50. If it took 100, I would have gone to 100. I was not giving up. I just, I wanted to do this so bad that nothing was going to stop me. It can be hard to constantly be shut down by people because you're female, but you can't give up. So I I traveled around probably for about a month and a half just looking for work. I, I did end up, right after schooling, I did end up being placed in a job. And then that was, it didn't last very long. Um, So I I drove around for about two months. I went to, I would say, at least 20 different shops. um, And everybody told me no, that they didn't have time or they didn't want to train anybody or what have you. And then I finally, um, just by fluke, came across this small shop. And they called me in for an interview. I had just sent in my resume to them. I didn't go in. So I think that maybe they thought that I was a male, um, but I just told them I'm, I'm willing to do whatever it takes and I really just need a shot to, to prove that I'm serious about this trade and he gave me my shot. So, Although women have come a long way, there's still some doubts on what we can do. You know, there's still the, oh, you know, like, oh, don't break a nail or, oh, she won't want to do that because she gets dirty. 
I'm one of the only female instructors over here. Also, most of my classes are, are males as well. Um, so sometimes there's a struggle where they've never seen a female in a shop and then they're not sure if, if they trust that I know what I'm doing, right? So there's always, I, I feel like I'm, I'm constantly having to prove myself that, that I, I know what I'm doing and, and I'm comfortable with doing it and I can show you how to do this because I can do it pretty well. Just let me show you. And then there's, you know, once I start doing some demos and stuff, then, you know, there's that, oh, okay, she does know what she's doing. Oh, okay, she's not just just here to tell us about theory she actually has the the hand skills to back it up so i would say like it's a lot of doubt that's still kind of out there that i constantly improving myself every day even though people tell you you can't do it you can do it you just need to prove to everybody that you can but you know go and knock them dead because you'll you'll make it through (laughs) it's kind of across all industries it's not just trades like even in business like there's not a lot of females and like in radio and stuff i think that all industries there there can be more representation they're tough you have to have a thick skin but i mean you do have a thick skin and you can do it and you just need to push through and and do it and show everybody that you can um, when they're doubting you and there's there isn't any greater feeling than you know, success when people told you you would never be able to do it. I personally really like that ending quote because male or female, you can do it. You can do anything you set your mind to. Yeah, that's a great point, Caitlin. I think uh, a big thing with International Women's Day is breaking stereotypes. You know, stereotypes are a big thing when it comes to um, how we view women. And, you know, honestly, Cecile knows more about auto body mechanics, anything to do with, <laughs> with cars than I ever will. Um, truth is, she probably forgot more than I know. Um, women are just as talented as um, men. And, you know, I would never challenge Serena Williams to a tennis match. Never. <laughs> You're never going to see me step into the cage with Holly Holm. I'm definitely not going to give Danica Patrick the nod at a red light. And truth is, I've played basketball my whole life, but I wouldn't challenge a member of the women's national team to a game of one-on-one. Female athletes need to be recognized more. Gender equality in sports has always been a controversial topic. Back in 1896, the founder of the Modern Olympics said that no matter how tough into sports women may be, her organism is not cut out to sustain certain shocks. Truth is, focus, determination, pain, disappointment, it's all a part of the game whether you're a man or a woman. And although gender equality has come a long way, it still hasn't come far enough. If we show emotion, we're called dramatic. If we want to play against men, we're nuts. And if we dream of equal opportunity, delusional. I had the opportunity to chat with Canadian national basketball team member Michelle Plouffe. She talked about the challenges she faced growing up an athlete. There's obviously an interesting dynamic because, you know, boys play sports. And I was always running around with the boys. Me and my, I have a twin sister, Catherine. Growing up, we had old, we have older brothers and sisters. So we were just always around. It's hard too when you're a kid to give up things like time with your friends and birthday parties. I mean, I learned a lot just from that whole process of what it takes. Obviously, it's, it's tough as a kid to, to give up those things, and especially in a world where boys dominate and girls are, it's not their world, it's a little bit tougher to give up those things so early. In America, 40% of sports people are women. However, only 6-8% to 8% of the total sports media coverage is devoted to them. 
And women-only sports stories add up to just 3.5% of all sports stories in the four major U.S. newspapers. Now I see it on a bigger scale, um, and I see the problems of just visibility of women's sports, meaning, you know, they're not easily accessible to watch as, as men's sports are. Even reading in the newspapers, like, what happened with, you know, the women's Olympic basketball team, like, it's harder to find that those I've talked to once they see um, women's basketball, for instance, and they come to a game and they're like, wow, you're really good, or wow, it's really exciting. I'm like, yeah. But what can we do to change the way that people look at women's sports? It's a responsibility of, not just me, I think everyone, but I take it personally to impact the next generation of girls specifically, and I just want to empower them and encourage them to not be put in a box and be okay with being different and being okay with sacrificing things and um, just being an example for the next generation and hopefully like open the eyes of of people who who put women's sports in a box. Me and my sister, we started a basketball camp. It's just our way of being able to give back to the community and we, we have it at Harry and Lee High School in the summers and it's just really cool to like get to know the, the kids that come. It's just really cool to be in the community, be able to pour into them and, and encourage them and just give them advice. No surprise that Michelle, one of Canada's top athletes, is looking to make a difference for future generations of women. She's looking to be the role model that her older sister was for her to millions of little girls across the country. One of my biggest role models was actually my older sister, Andrea. She was one of the first female athletes in Alberta to get a Division One scholarship. She definitely paved the way in, for me uh, in terms of just seeing what it takes and how hard you have to work and um, just what's possible. I'm proud to say Michelle Plouffe grew up in Edmonton and is inspiring change all over the world. Yeah, absolutely. I think Michelle is a great role model for uh, girls growing up here in the city and all over Canada. Um, She does a lot on the court, but she's uh, now finally getting recognition for what she's doing off the court as a leader in the community. Absolutely. And it's so good that she's getting recognition for being all of those things, you know. Um, But it does take a lot to be a leader. If you look at the news, we're beginning... We're beginning to see a lot more of women in like management and CEO roles, which is so important. And the same goes for women in politics, which is what I was really interested in and started to look at for the feed. In 1918, women were given the right to vote in Manitoba. By 1919, every woman in Canada was given the right to have their say in politics. But that only opened the door for women with political ambitions in Canada. You might be familiar with the Famous Five, or at least have heard of them. Led by Emily Murphy, the Famous Five were five Alberta women that challenged the Supreme Court of Canada by simply asking, does the word persons in Section 24 of the British North America Act include women? A.K.A., they wanted to know why there were no women with real power of change within the country, and why there was no written document identifying women as persons. Their rallies and suffragist campaigns were relentless and fought hard against, but the Famous Five achieved many victories in their lifetime that gave women rights, not just over themselves, but in government as well. Now, in 2019, things are different. Canada's cabinet has 17 women and 18 men, and is the first cabinet to be considered gender-balanced in Canadian history. 
but we still got a ways to go. I reached out to Jessica Cantos, an employee for the government of Alberta with her own political ambitions. I wanted to know what sorts of stigmas women face in politics today. Women are never seen as, I feel, um, coming off assertive. When it comes to delegating tasks, it comes out as bossy or the tree's still there. Stereotypes and public scrutiny are definitely things women in politics face every day, but Cantos was happy to point out that just by having women in political roles, society is improving. It's it's a checkbox to have women in leadership positions. All of those positions are earned equally, but it's definitely something that needs to happen and, and is a positive change. I was curious about her favorite female in politics, and her response didn't disappoint me. Does Michelle Obama count? I'd say that. Her genuinity, authenticity, and her ability to show women who I feel aren't as representative in leadership roles in, in, in politics. But other than everyone's favorite first lady, there are plenty of female politicians worth watching. Alberta's own Sandra Jensen is a new Democrat that stood up for women everywhere when in 2016 she opened up about the abuse she faces as a woman in politics. Hillary Clinton became very close to becoming the first female president of the United States in the last election. And of course, there's my favorite female politician, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who was the second female justice in the United States and paved the way for female advancement with quotes such as... Women will only have true equality when men share with them the responsibility of bringing up the next generation. So you see, uh, these women have some big ideas and they're trying really hard to change the world, and I can totally appreciate that. One thing that I got out of looking at political women is that their role is often on the front lines um, of the battle for women's equality. They face harsher scrutiny than other people. They face it very publicly. No part of me thinks it would be easy to do what they're doing, um, and it's something I have a ton of appreciation for. We're going to be taking a small break here, but we'll be back with more on International Women's Day on this week's feed. And we're returning to the feed. Welcome back to the International Women's Day edition of the feed. And uh, it's been good so far, but we have lots more to dive into. Um, And while now we're getting into what kind of has to relate to us specifically, it's radio. And uh, when it comes to radio here at NR92, uh, it's mostly guys in the program, but we do have some amazing women. Um, Shout out specifically to two professors, Sylvania and Lamia. Thank you guys for everything you do. Um, But without them and people who started in the past, there would be no chance or opportunity for people like you in the radio industry. Absolutely. I have to thank these women personally. (laughs) And uh, we had Shaky who uh, went and talked to someone who paved the way in the radio industry. You bet. So radio is an industry I've wanted to be in since I was in the fifth grade. At this point in time, I'm not letting anything get in the way of my goal. My aunt Kimberly LaFramboise had that same goal in mind back in the day. I got to sit down with Kim to talk about her current career in radio, how she got there, and the milestones she achieved along the way. We all have memories of listening to the radio. Whether you listen for the hosts, the news, or even the music, radio has always been there for us for entertainment or just something to listen to as background noise. I have memories of when I was in 5th grade and I got to listen to my aunt, Kimberly LaFramboise, read the news on 6.30 Ched every morning. I would personally give her an introduction, but I'll leave it to a radio pro. My name is Kimberly LaFramboise. I'm a midday host and music director for Windspeaker Radio, CFWE in Edmonton, 98.5, and 88.1 CJWE in Calgary. Now, as I went through Kim's journey through radio, I learned that she actually made her own little piece of history in the radio field. Started off at Ched, 6.30 Ched here in Edmonton. I took broadcasting, radio broadcasting. At the time, there were two options for television and radio. 
but I chose to just do radio because TV scare me. Yeah, so I chose radio broadcasting and it was a two-year program. Uh, we had a lot of uh, course selections like music appreciation, of course production, things like that. But I was always interested in news. So I took a special interest in that and I became one of the first first year students to broadcast a newscast because at that time in the program, uh, only second years were allowed to do news. Dun, 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 dun. With some of the stations I listen to, it seems as though there are more male announcers than female announcers in the Edmonton market. Is it because the radio field is male dominated? It's not as male dominated as it used to be. Like there are plenty of females in programming roles, in music directing roles, in management. It's doing okay. Like, I mean, could there be more female voices on the radio? For sure. But as it stands, I don't think that we're in a bad place. Even with no gender dominance in the industry, there are still reasons to be proud of being a woman in radio. So being a woman in radio, I think is super fun. And there's lots of women like Melissa Wright, who is now at Cruise 95.7. She was on K-Rock for a long time and was the first woman in the capital region to host a show on her own and not just like a companion to a male on a morning show. Whether you're already pursuing a career in radio or you're interested in trying it, Kim gives a piece of advice in order to be successful in the field. Be open-minded <laughs> because I was told in school that whatever job you get offered, take it. Because whether or not anyone wants to really admit it, there's kind of like, like every field, you're going to have to work your way up. Like I worked as an intern for free. And then I did overnights and then I did evening and then I did middays. And then eventually I got to work mornings. Kim has gone full circle in the field of radio from working as an intern for free to being the music director for a major market radio station. Kim has been my inspiration to do radio for years. And I hope one day to be as talented and successful as she is. Being able to have Kim as an insider source for radio is really cool, and it was awesome to have her with me and talk about all the history she experienced with radio. She even got to work alongside Bob Layton, someone that she listened to on the radio growing up. Very cool. Yeah, that's awesome, and it's really cool to see, like, as I mentioned before, um, without those people, um, there's no way that, well, even me and people like you obviously would yeah. be able to be here in the industry. Um, but speaking of that, we also had Marcus talk about the next generation of women in radio's chance to sit down with a local star in the industry. Yeah, absolutely. So in honor of International Women's Day, I really wanted to discover what it's like being a woman in industry. And obviously me being a guy, I can't do that. I had the chance to sit down with one of the most prominent announcers in the city. My name is Mariah McDonald, and I work at 1049 Virgin Radio. I really want to go to radio because I went to the Nate Open House and I actually wanted to do TV, but then I walked through these halls and I saw how much fun it was. So I applied and got in. It was the best. And my first job I had was down in BC. I worked for a uh, Jim Pattison station called 1029 The Drive, the Kootenai's Basterock. And then I also worked for the WHL. I worked for the Kootenai Ice doing in-game hosting. I have a lot of questions for Mariah because you'd think in the year 2019 or even really 2010 up that the workplace inequality or the Stone Age belief that women can't keep up with men in the workplace would have died out a long time ago. But Mariah actually kind of told me otherwise. You know, um... You're always, always going to run into somebody who doesn't think you can you can do something because you are a woman or, you know, maybe they'll assume that you're emotional or, or assume that, yeah, you can't be the driving force on a show. But the challenge is, is that you have to rise above that and, and, and propose these new ideas and, and go in and you want to challenge your other your other hosts on the on-air team, right? And say, 
hey, like I'm a female, I could easily do this or I can, I want to make you think about how you're doing your show because of something I'm doing. So after that, I had to ask, what are the misconceptions about women in our industry that some people have? Yeah, I think the misconception is, is that women aren't there to be a leading force on the show or drive, you know what I mean? Like they want to be the driving force. But right now, again, we have all women on our station and they are the driving force and people are listening in for them. They aren't the co-hosts. They are the, like, they're there for the show. And that's what I think women are trying to do more of now. You're seeing a lot of primetime hosts. I mean, who are women? Look at, uh, look at Lauren over at Sonic. Worked with her. She is killing it. And she is a young woman in radio, right? And lastly, I wanted Mariah to say something to the young women who have a voice and want to find somewhere to use it. A lot of women want to hear other women's problems and other women's ideas and thoughts on things, and radio does that for you. There's so many things that you can put on display as as a young woman. You can really, really show talents and show that women are able to rise up to challenges, and radio gives you the platform to be yourself, and you can be whatever you want to be, even if you don't want to be yourself, and you want to just have this avenue to talk about things that affect you or I find like I help people yeah I'm not working in a medical office or working somewhere where people's lives are on the line but if I can make one person laugh every day that is totally worth it but yeah I had I I learned I learned a lot from Mariah from that interview and I'm really grateful for that opportunity I thought it went really well and I I I I, I just can't get over how much I learned from that. Yeah, no mm-hmm. doubt. And it's awesome to sh- to see that uh, a shout-out, obviously, to Virgin Radio's all-female lineup, so which cool. is pretty amazing. <laughs> it's great to have women hosting in radio because, as Mariah said in Marcus's piece, um, there's some stories that guys just simply aren't able to tell exactly. um, the way girls can. And without having uh, music, though, made by women, which we've been playing all day here on Enter 92, it's an all-day uh, women's music here. All day on, feature. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Without women's music, it wouldn't be the same. It really wouldn't. We got to have those female voices out there projecting, being their powerhouses. Do you have any favorite female artists? Yeah, uh, thinking of my favorite female artists, I would have to go with like Ari Lennox, Adele, Lauren Hill, Beyonce. What about you? Uh, actually, my favorite, favorite female musician is Nela Pekarek. She's from the Lumineers. She's a very talented like instrumentalist. Yes. She just kills it. Her solo stuff is so good, and she makes the Lumineers shine with all of their special glory. <laughs> Um, but yeah, females on the radio are definitely a big thing, but female artists on the radio is what's taken us to True Next. Because it's International Women's Day, I wanted to talk about the music industry. I feel like female artists are treated differently than males. In 2018, Billboard published their Power 100 People in the Music Industry. It included a wide range of jobs like live performers, technicians, management, and recorded music. Now, only 17% of the list were females. While, yes, this is up 7% from the previous year, there's still a significant difference. If we take a step back and look at the music industry as a whole, in 2017, 16.8% of artists were female. For producing, there's a ratio of 49 male producers to only one female. I was able to talk to Rebecca Lapa, who's a local singer-songwriter, and we discussed how she entered the music industry. I guess I've always been writing stories, uh, and then I was taking singing lessons, and then at about nine or so, um, they just kind of blended together and became songwriting. She also talked about how difficult it is to establish a name for yourself in the music industry. 
Well, I started going out to like some open mics just because I write a lot. Then I just started recording lots of music um, and submitting to things like the Canadian Folk Music Awards, either awards shows or um, like songwriting contests like the Calgary Folk Fest Songwriting Contest, which is now the Ship and Anchor Songwriting Contest, which basically gives you a chance to get like your work judged by other people in the industry and uh, just playing lots of shows. I also got to talk with another local artist, Kamira, who is an independent artist. He doesn't know firsthand how difficult being a female artist is, but he has heard secondhand accounts. From friends and colleagues, and even just what I've heard from interviews from like famous women in the industry, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of different expectations. Like even on the local scene with like lots of indie artists that I've met, uh, I think they have challenges with there's a lot of preconceived notions of Oh, who writes your songs? Who produces your songs? There's, I think a lot of people jump to the conclusion that there's male producers or someone behind it. As for a solution to solve the gap in the music industry, it's harder to say. I've read many interviews with women who are producers and leaders, and the answers continually come up as don't be afraid, be bold, and continue to meet new people. The more you want to break into the industry, the more you'll get noticed. I hope to see in the next couple of years an increase in female artists and that they're treated equally. Absolutely. I'd have to agree with that. True. Um, Female artists, there's many of them that are great role models for me and obviously for you. Absolutely. But what about female role models in your life that maybe aren't famous celebrities? What about just the normal people? Uh, So, you know, for Women's Day, I got to give a shout out to my mom, who is absolutely my idol. She is you know, a strong woman that in her young 20s, she raised four kids born within five years of each other while my dad was doing long distance grain hauling. She did the whole working mom thing. She made it work. She made it awesome. I had the best childhood ever. My mom is my hero. How about you? (laughs) Uh, For me, I would say my grandma for a lot of those reasons as well. And it seems like uh, the older generation of women and even the generation of women now, um, like I said, they're a lot tougher than they get um, credit for. Like if you look back, like families, like and parents who raised Um, so many kids and did so much Um, not only helping around the house but just uh, being role models for us so we can become uh, the great people that we are but uh, because it's International Women's Day um, the best thing that you can do is go and at the very least thank all the women in your life for everything that they do for you and all the things that they have done Um, that pretty much wraps it up for us here on the feed Uh, we hope you enjoyed and we hope you keep celebrating International Women's Day keep listening today we're going to be playing all females all day long the feed is just the tip of the iceberg listen and hear what's just so great about women exactly and speaking of that we have our new music nooner Rebecca Lapa who True featured in her segment uh, who's a strong independent woman who's coming up on the scene here in Edmonton perfect Um, so she's coming up Uh, that's it for us on the feed thanks